Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who have gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rock Your Bossitude, conversations with business owners turned CEOs. And we're excited to be here with you. We sh- we want to thank you for sharing your time, for doing all the good work for your clients, making sure that you are actually taking a breath once in a while, and oh yeah, leading and building those kick-ass teams. We see you, and we're happy that you're sharing this time with us. I'm super excited to share with you one of my favorite bosses, April Strickland. April, how the heck are you? Doing really good. Just got off Thanksgiving break and enjoyed five days off. Yeah, five days, five whole days off. <laughs> Dang, you missed him. You did better than me. I only took four days off. You're rocking that bossitude. I love it. I love it. And and the holiday times, that's when we get to have the fun part of enjoying our teams, right? We know yeah. that we get teams and we hire to help us through the crappy days, for lack of a better way of saying it. I, I remind people, you're building your best possible team for your worst possible day because you're going to have them and there's nothing better than having a great team. However, the flip and very positive side is you get to do more of your own thing, your own time, your own fun and joy, whatever that might include. And usually for me, that includes a lot of food. I will admit it. Right. Do you, do you feel, do you feel what I'm throwing down April? Yeah. And, and when in doubt food, we're in the South. So <laughs> I respect, respect. I know, I know I'm happy to be a Southern girl myself. Now get to call myself a Georgia girl. Uh, and I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. All right. April. I'm sorry. I said we'll convert you to a Southerner. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I do. I y'all has been in my vocabulary for a while. I lived in Virginia for many years, but y'all <laughs> usually came out when I was tired. And I can see where I'm starting to move towards a little bit. I don't really slow down. Let us be clear. I'm still yeah. a very fast talking Southern girl, which is kind of an oxymoron. I get it. Uh, yep. But I'm starting to get that twang just a tiny bit, especially when I'm tired, um, you know, after eating Thanksgiving dinner, those kinds of things. But April, can we turn it back to you now? I'd love to tell everybody a little about you. Yeah, go for it. Excellent. April is the broker owner of Golden Rule Real Estate and Property Management, which she opened seven years ago. Prior to that, she has a varied background, which includes starting a construction firm with her father at the age of 17. And at the age of 25, she was hired by an extreme makeover home edition to help oversee their construction across the country. When she's not working, you can find her with her various animals, creating podcasts, or enjoying all things outdoors. And April, can I tell everybody where we met? Yeah. We met on a cruise ship. Yeah. Seriously. It was amazing, right? Yeah. I don't even know. Was it seven, eight years? I don't remember when it was, but yeah, we met on a cruise. 
Many years ago, we connected and uh, we were just eating and drinking our way through a cruise. And uh, but we got to talk business. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard me before, you might have noticed I love to talk business. And April and I kind of circled around each other. And I'm just thrilled to be here uh, sharing her story of her boss adventures with all of you. So remember, get to know people wherever you go. You never know where it's going to lead, including good hires. Right. I've found people in different situations uh, throughout the country. So remember, you never know if you are doing your first pre-interview with somebody, if you're going to end up hiring them down the line or working with them or working for them, it's always good to turn to the person on your side and say, hey, how you doing? You don't have to say it like that. It sounds a little flirty, but you know, the appropriate way of greeting others. (laughs) So let's talk about you. April, tell me, Tell me about when you were an employee, because, right, you worked with your dad. That might have been your only time being an employee. You can tell us that. But mm-hmm. who was the best boss you ever had? It's okay if it wasn't your dad. So my answer is going to probably be a little not traditional, as I normally I am. <laughs> so my best boss was also my worst boss. Oftentimes happens. Yes. Tell me more. So- my best boss was my broker at the very first brokerage I worked at. And I worked there for five years. I ended up running that brokerage. Wow. I learned key elements of being a good boss from her, but I also learned so much of what not to do. So Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Uh, That for me has always been invaluable. I got to learn what not to do at her, like it was her cost, her expense, her yeah. her life lessons. And I got to sit back and watch and go, not doing that. Got it. <laughs> that, that's going in my pocket for don't do this later. And it has, and it has served me so well. I mean, it's what I learned from her is invaluable. Invaluable. And so can you tell us some of the good stuff you learned from her? Yeah. I mean, I learned how to watching her, I definitely learned how to have a better work-life balance. I watched Mm. her go through the stages when you begin a business and you have terrible work-life balance and your body is taking the beating. You usually gain weight. You, you know, you, you end up hobbling yourself into this area of just business. Yes. uh, What happened when she let that happen for a few years and let her relationships go. Um, But then I saw her fight her way back and hire the personal trainers and start coming in later. And she could do that and still maintain the business. Yes. Um, That for me is a really important lesson. And one of the good lessons that I learned of like, yes, running a business should take time, but it's okay to reclaim some of that time and make yourself a priority in that. Still working on it. But I, I definitely watched that lesson in action. I, and I, you know what, I think it's such an important lesson for uh, bosses and, and business owners as they continue down the road. Um, honestly, if you looked back now and you compared the kind of boss she was when she was taking care of herself and the kind of boss she was when she was overdoing it, when did the better boss show up? When she was taking care of herself. Right. It's always the case. And it's something that feels so contradictory for all of us business owners. We're like, no, no, no. I need to spend the extra two hours to help my team or to get this document done so I don't have to give it to the team or whatever the issue is. Push, push, push. 
because we think that by us putting more hours in, that's helping the team be more successful. And it's, it's absolutely the opposite. If we're, if we're done, if we're tapped, if we have no energy to give to them when they're pushing hard, then, then there's nowhere, there's no air to breathe. There's nowhere up to go. So I absolutely freaking love that April. That's a great story. Yeah. And I ultimately also recognize now, which I've not always been good at that my employees watch me on Mm. life balance. And if I am working a hundred hours a week, I can't then say to them, you need to have better work-life balance if I don't have it. I love it. I call it walk in the talk. So critical, right? If you, and and for you and your company, it's a, it's a core value, right? Like you really walk that talk and you really do want it for your team. I, I'm fortunate yeah. enough to know you and know this about you. And I, I think that people forget that we, we say, you know, we're, we're a family friendly company, but we forget to take time off for our own family, right? Where right. we want you all to, you know, take four day weeks, but we don't do them ourselves. So uh, I think it's an excellent point. And I thank you for sharing it, my friend. Yeah. So. Let's go to when you, and I think that instead of when you were working with, in the construction firm and these other companies, let's turn to when you started your own thing seven years ago, right? So you were starting out in property management. You decided to start your business. When did you decide to make your first hire? I made my first hire about a year and a half after I started. That's pretty good. Yes. And what was the cat? Why? Why? What was the thing that was happening that you're like, I got to get help? Um, I had finally grown to a point where I could no longer just do it myself. Um, so my original goal was to do it myself. I wanted to run all aspects of it, do all aspects. And that way I knew what it took. Like I needed to know what it would take for these positions. Mm, that's I, so I, unusual. I never hear that from business owners. Mm-mm. Type A control freaks? No. What? <laughs> so I did it myself. Um, I reached a point where I was like, yeah, if I don't hire, I'm going to die. So mm-hmm. we reached the like death or hire point. <laughs> and now, now let me ask, was it really, were you having health issues? Did you really push it? Because that happens to oh, a lot yeah. of people. It was oh, health yeah. issues. You were like, I literally have to be, you don't have to share more. I just wanted to confirm because. That is, you know, the health issue is one of the primary reasons people start working with us, I know. And I would love to get in front of it. But the truth of the matter is, until a doctor is saying, you, no, no, you need to find more hours for sleep or yep. food or exercise, right? Yeah. And realistically, I, I put it off too long. Um, you know, my health issues in the last year have really forced me to reevaluate. Um, yeah. And that's on me, you know, that's on me. Yeah. So yeah, so I did my first hire about a year and a half in and did not have your guidance. And I somehow <laughs> completely lucked out with that hire. She was the best hire I ever made. I love it. And it completely set me up for disappointment later because huh. it was so easy. She was the first person I interviewed. She was easily my most loyal and most amazing hire. Uh, I'm wow. still her. Um She's moved on to bigger and better when she graduated school, which I completely encouraged. Um, but yeah, no, after that, I was completely set up for heartbreak before like, I met. Wait, wait, wait. This isn't going to be easy all the time? Yeah, it was way too easy. 
it was way too easy. Well, you know, and that's the thing I do remind people is, yeah, luck is a part of it. You will find some magical people that come into your life and you're like, oh, I just want all of you. And, and, you know, oftentimes that person is not something that we can replicate over and over again through a, 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 a million different reasons, right? It's that person has a great work ethic and the right attitude and, you know, delivers at a great expert level for whatever their assignments are and takes like an ownership to the company without wanting to be the boss. Like, I mean, that's the magic unicorn and they're out there, but you can't wait for them. So to your point and the lessons you've probably learned is yes, be open to have the magical unicorn come in and blow your socks up for anywhere for 18 to 36 months or however long you got to work with her. But know that we still have to take the responsibility going forward, which is the, I'm sorry about the path you had before Telmark. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. I always tell people much like dating, um, you're going to find the rare exceptions, but those are not yeah. the rule. No. She was- she was not the so Aww. you're thinking that that's going to be how it no that was yeah. she was the exception not the rule i mean I just, how long did you get to work with her she stayed with me for three years nice perfect that's great that's a really great tenure and i know people don't want to hear that they want to hear that you're going to hire once and they're going to stay in that receptionist role or customer service role forever and it does happen however it's rare. That also. Yeah. It's, it's rare. It, yeah. It's, and we, you know, in the 1950s, that might've been the case, but that is no longer uh, the work environment that we face anymore, yeah. especially with the millennial Gen Z moving into Gen Alpha. Mm-hmm. That is not what's happening. A hundred percent. And I would, t- I would push that even further and say, I don't know that we want somebody that doesn't, you know, one of, one of the, most quoted need people will tell me when they say they're looking for a new person to hire is I want someone that wants to continually learn. Now I have issues with that for a lot of positions and we can discuss that at a later date, but do you, if you want somebody that wants to continually learn, they will not want to be in the same position that your company needs them for, for the next 20 years, right? Uh, Somebody who has educated themselves and proven themselves and learn new tasks and new skill sets will want to promote. And wouldn't it be delightful if your small business grew in the same spacing and timing as their education, but that's not real. That's not going to happen. Right. So I love that you said you supported her on moving on and, and being the kind of boss being in front of people, you knew it was coming. You could plan for it. You had open conversations about it. And so it's just, don't be afraid of them leaving. Talk to them about what catalysts would come up and how can you support them through that, which hopefully will give you the support of them being transparent and giving you the time to find a replacement. Was she able to do that for you? Uh, Yeah, we found a replacement. Um, We actually, you know, other staff wanted me to try to match her new job and match what they were going to pay her. And I specifically said no, because I didn't want to hold her back. I love that. Like I knew she needed to go make this move for herself and her growth. And I wasn't going to hold her back just out of sheer selfishness. So how fun. And April, you'll be that boss that she'll remember whether she comes back and says it to you later on or not, but you're the one but she's going to be like, oh my gosh, I had the best boss. She totally gave me all this opportunity. And, and she was happy and excited for me when I got my next. She wasn't 
trying to make it all about her. So I, again, gold star, you get all the gold stars today. Gold stars yeah. for Golden Roof CEO. All right. <laughs> so, so let's go back to, is there, when you started, you know, hiring is one thing, but stepping into the boss role is a whole other thing. So what do you wish you had known before you decided to be a boss? I think the biggest thing that I tell people or warn people about is that when you become a boss, especially as a single business owner, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. you are essentially a single parent. <laughs> it's an excellent <laughs> analogy. You are a not, single parent. Um, there's no one that's going to, when everything goes sideways and it will go sideways, mm. you're it. Um, yeah. You know, you know what we've dealt with the last six weeks, unfortunately. And yes, I'm sorry. You know, when shit goes, am I allowed to cuss? Sorry. Um, oh, girl. <laughs> it's a Telmar show. I'm pretty sure everyone yeah. knows they're saying, don't worry about yeah. it. Um, but when shit goes really wrong, it's just you. Um, yeah. And that's, that can be hard. Um, yeah. That can be rough. You can, you can do it. It can be done. But it, it, it does feel a lot like kind of a single parent at times. Um, yeah. You know, you don't it have anyone to off of. You don't have anyone to play the bad cop to your good cop. You are bad and good cop. You are, you're always on call. So I think that's the biggest thing I underestimated when I got started is that single parent role, if that makes sense. It, it totally does because, you know, as much as it is about bouncing it off, it, to your point, it's balancing the line. Wait, should I be harder today or should I be softer today? Do I need to be more direct or more chatty, right? It is walking that line and learning how that line is different for almost every employee too, right? Yeah, it's different yeah. for every, I, I often joke with people that I did not have kids because I have employees. <laughs> And they're very intelligent, but a lot of times it is like what I watch my friends' parents, knowing their different personalities, how to push them, how to, you know, reprimand, how to encourage, how to calm yeah. them down differently. Um, yeah. You know, how to console, how, you know, we just went through a big grief process and yeah. that was different watching them as a parent, how they grieve and how to support them in that grief. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that I hadn't had to deal with before. Um, yeah. So yeah, they are all individual little kids. They're and not and not in a demeaning way. I think they yeah. would even tell you that yes, they they're kind of my children. Um, yeah. I have to remind them to eat and you know clean the take car out, take care yeah. of themselves, go back in your office, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, and yeah. and and I think that that's an honest assessment for the team that you made. It's not about just that they're they're youth. It's that, you know, everybody in life forgets how much, how much you really learn from interaction with other humans. And in a world where your job is so much of your world, a boss yeah. really does play a lot of these roles. And it's not like you treat them like they're your kids because that is no. different. And, you know, I don't think I could ever fire my kid, even if I really wanted to. I know how hard that is. I've got clients that try to fire their kids. So I know we can, we can do it if we need to, but let's try to build it better. Um, yeah. And, and it, 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 to your point though, you really do have to be mother and father, right? You have to have both sides of that coin so that you're getting the results your business needs and offering the kind of culture and personal support that keeps them motivated and engaged in caring about the business, right? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, that's and also yeah, holding it, boundaries like a parent would. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. And then also being able, I mean, again, now we take it a step further because it really is about, okay, where is that line that says, you know what, this is not working. I have to release you. You're no longer part of the family. <laughs> right. And so that's a, it's a different decision and, and it gets a little, a little wonkier, but, but to that, to that idea, you know, when it gets hard and your team is not rocking all the tools that you've given them, what's your self-talk? How do you get through those hard moments of knowing, okay, this is going to be a little ugly, but it's got to be done. How do you get yourself through those? Um, you know, first I will always kind of put myself in a quick timeout. Oh, I like uh, it. Very parenting cited today. I like the analogies. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I will kind of do a little timeout for myself, um, just because I find that I need a moment to bring my reaction down. Love it. Um, evaluate if what's actually going on, what do I need to address and not just knee jerk, you know, everyone's getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then one thing that I've implemented recently is after I calm down and evaluate if it needs to be addressed and how I want to address it, I now address things very, very quickly. Mm, I love this. I address it more in the moment instead of sitting on it and letting it build up. Yeah. And that way does that affect when you do that? Yes. And it also, it it helps them to be assured that I am not holding anything against them. Oh, I like that. Yeah. They never have to wonder if I'm mad. They never have to wonder if I'm upset. They never have to wonder anything because I've told all of them if I have a problem, I'm going to deal with it immediately. And they've so, seen it demonstrated. Yes. Right. So that's, yeah. that's the best. And that's, you know, that, so I think bosses forget how important it is that we create not just trust in our people, but that our people can trust in us. And that is a yeah. very excellent perspective on the idea that the reason we need to tell them what we want when it needs to be different, in other words, they've done it wrong, and now we need to tell them to do it correctly. We got to tell it as soon as possible because one, they can't read our minds, and two, we are showing them to come to us as soon as they make a, a mistake, to come to us and tell us when they need help immediately. We want to be able to say to them, "Why did you wait so long to tell me?" And know that we are walking the talk of, "I let you know as soon as there's an issue, so we can resolve it." I need the same from you. So I love that as, as a way to build trust for the team to see that you are there to support them. And it may feel like you're pointing out something that's wrong, but you're also giving them a chance at success every time you do that. Yeah. And they never yeah. have to wonder if they need to walk on eggshells. I, I have always told them, unless I say otherwise, you're good. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. We're just going to take that mental load off the table. I love that. I love that. And I know that they appreciate it. It makes a world of difference for a culture when they're not like, uh oh, you know, is April in a bad mood today? It, you know, did I do something wrong? Has she been carrying something? You know, she looked at me sideways. They're going to look for things to misinterpret to support yeah. their theories. And then it gets all emotional and stressful. And, and so, you know, good on you that you recognize that that's a way to build trust and transparency for them. Yeah. And get what you want, right? Because you're telling them what you want. I love that. Well, and ultimately, if they spend 10 or 15 minutes less a day worrying about what they think, I think, I think I'm thinking about. I got it. Like that's 10 or 15 minutes more. They could be focusing on what they need to focus on, which is 
getting stuff out for our clients, answering emails, doing work orders, processing money. So ultimately it also just serves me better as a business owner. I mean, selfishly. So. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Uh, again, and also it really, when you're giving them the correction, not this way, that way, not red, but blue. Now we have a chance at them getting the blue, right. They know the answer, right. We've, we've let them know. So absolutely right. love it. I think it's one of the best things that anyone can do. And I love the self timeout to get yourself to pull those emotions back down before you go in and have that conversation, because we do want it to be immediate but not heated. So that's rock yeah. star. Well, and bosses are still human. Oh, man. We're still we get gonna- pissed. We get pissed. We get angry. There's some days I'm just annoyed because I'm annoyed. Like, <laughs> I'm, there are days yeah. that, like, the sun is not the right orange for me, and I'm, I'm not about it. So, <laughs> you know, it's Absolutely. we all have So I, I have to be very cognizant of, or I want to be very cognizant of checking myself of like, just because I'm a boss does not give me the, or should not give me the leeway to just go out and be a, a mean dictator. That's, yeah, and take advantage that's of people. A boss, that's a ruler and that's not what they need. Agreed. Agreed. Sing it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So now if it's okay, I'd like to shift to hiring because, you know, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. And yeah. so this is a question I've been asking all of our guests. What is your favorite interview question? So for our company culture, the question that I always ask every single time that tells me the most about if they're going to fit with us is how open-minded and accepting they are. I love that. That might not work for every company, but we are a very progressive alternative, I guess I'll say company. Yeah. so that for me is the most telling how they respond, their body language in it. Um, a lot of times I am looking to see body language. What are you doing? Are you shifting around? Are you, you know, crossing your arms? A lot of the unspoken matters in that. Yeah. So for me, that question is in every single interview, no matter what the position is ever. Yes. I love it. I love it. And I'm sure you use it in your face-to-face where you can see, again, you mentioned yes. the physicality, right? Some people do phone interviews and some people do in-person interviews. Some people do both. And I would tell you that that's the one to your point, the value comes in seeing the physical reaction, right? Are they leaning away? Are they leaning into you? So yeah. I love that. And uh, and that's about a culture fit, right? That's so important to uh, get it out there, right? You know, I swear, I don't know if you know that about me, April, I swear a lot. And so I have to make sure she's like, I don't know what you're talking about now. No. Um, and so I have to make sure that I'm very clear with people. If you're uncomfortable with that, this is not the job for you. I don't swear at people. It's not that I'm calling people names. I just like the idea of using these words to emphasize create, you know, context and release emotion on occasion. Cause sometimes I do use them in a bad format. I just am not calling someone a name. And so uh, it's about being really clear on who you are and how you like to work and who you want to work with. So I love this interview question because it aligns so right on with who you are and the company you've built and the team that you're continually building. And it's got to be, you know, it's such a, such a, um, 
focal point for you and who you are that I love that you're making sure it's in every single interview, regardless of the position. That's, it's the right way to go. So it's a great question. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Excellent. So what do you love about being the boss of your team you have right now? My team right now, you know, we've really gone through some stuff uh, yeah. recently, and it has really shown me how tight knit we are as a team, both personally yeah. and professionally. Like we've, we've shown up for each other in ways that I think most teams fortunately wouldn't have to. Um, yeah. And so that's what I really love about my team right now. Like I always tell them I spend more time with them than I do my own partner. So mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, I hate to use the whole kind of family thing because that's gotten kind of a bad rap lately um, in company culture. But for all intents and purposes, we are somewhat of a family. I see them more than I see anyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've really enjoyed how we're showing up for each other at the moment. We are all really showing up for each other in different ways. And that has been amazing to see, but also amazing to experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, and, um, it really is about, uh, understanding that different, different events in life will come about good or bad. And it's these bonding moments and how we all are together and honest and, and able to support each other personally and professionally. You know, it's been without saying too many things, it's been a very sad situation through no fault of anyone's. And, uh, it's, it's something your business may have to go through and showing up and leading them through that. As you mentioned, giving them space for grief, right? Um, I, 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 I always say you build a kick-ass team for the worst days. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the day they're going to show up and you're just going to be like, couldn't love them, could not love them anymore. Could not, would not even dream to ask this much of them and look at how they've shown up so gloriously. Right. They just bring that light and support for each other. And that's not something you could ever mandate. So that's a testament to you and the leadership that you've, that you put there for them. Yeah. Trying. And it's, you know, also them allowing me to be emotionally vulnerable with them. And I mean, I shared with you after the meeting, we had an hour and a half session of us just crying. Um, So to have that space with your employees where they will allow that for you as a boss and understand that you're human um, because not everyone understands that bosses are human. Yeah. So, you know, they gave me space to be messy for a little bit, which is what I needed. Yeah. And it's what they needed too. It gives them permission to also have those messy moments. It gives them permission to say, oh, I don't have to hold it all together. Like April, she's got it. So going on, seeing those messy moments reminds them, oh yeah, I'm human too. So, so uh, kudos to guys getting through this together. And, and uh, you know, I think stay with the family concept. They say family, this is the family that you choose, right? That's your friends, but it's as much when you're a boss, the family you choose is the team that you build. That's a chosen family. So I, I, if you guys feel family, I say use it, sister. If that's your thing, you go with it. With non-toxic family. Non-toxic, yeah. Well, non-toxic family. The family you want to hang out with at the holidays, not the ones you avoid. <laughs> that's a topic for another day. And so now, April... <laughs> 
<laughs> How does everyone find you? If they want to know more about you or your podcast, why don't you tell them a little bit about it? So the best way to connect with me, um, you can find me on TikTok, actually, at oh, The sorry, Blunt Broker. Um, the Blunt Broker is also on Facebook. If you want to connect with me there, uh, that's probably one of the best ways to connect to me, interact with me, ask me questions, send me messages, any of that's available. I always love interacting with people. Um, and if you also just need real estate, property management or HOA advice, or if you just want to vent, I'm here. <laughs> so, um, and uh, can you spell that for me? Is it at the, is there a the there or no the? Yes. So the Blunt Broker. B-L-U-N-T-B-R-O-K-E-R. And we'll also have links in our show notes. So if you're listening to this and you want to make sure you connect with April Strickland a little more because she's got it all going on, I highly encourage it. Check out our show notes for Rock Your Bossitude. And uh, I just want to thank you again, April, for being here and sharing your story so openly and so honestly so that everybody can really understand. It's, it's kind of awesome being a boss. It is. It is. And thank even you if it's for hard with all the guidance and yeah, you've been amazing. Oh, you're so sweet. I appreciate that. We are happy to share because apparently she's sharing. April's a client of Boss Actions and I'm thrilled to be working with her and her companies as she continues to grow and scale them. She's got more than a few things going on. So keep your eyes on April, everybody. I'm telling you, she is one to watch. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, I appreciate it. I just want every single one of you out there to remember, it might seem like it's hard work, but in the end, it all comes through for you. Remember, you're building this, so why not build it with a team that you like working with all the time? Yeah, even the days you disagree with them, you can still like working with them. I want the best possible team for you. Boss on. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If this episode helped you, be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag RockYourBossitudePodcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on! <laughs>